Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Forge Act Podcast. On today's show, we have Alberta's very own Paul Meyerhog. Paul is an international comedian out of the mighty Camrose. We discuss how he got into comedy, his golf game, and how he cultivated a life in France. We also discuss the Snowden Tour, which he co-hosts. This was an absolute blast of an interview that we hope you all enjoy. Cheers. Welcome to the Four Jack Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Four Jack Podcast brought to you by Jackson Labs. Speaking of the lab, just me and the kid, me and Tombo, back in the lab today. Just just the two of us. Just, just a two wonderful little time with a special little guest. But first, Tombo, how are we doing? Good, brother. Uh, excited to be here as usual. Crazy Always. day today. Just been running and gunning. I'm excited for today's change of pace, though, right? Like, love talking to the comedians, especially ones that like golf and snowboarding. So mm. I'm excited to dive into it today with our buddy, Paul. Absolutely. Well, said that uh, said guest, Alberta's very own comedian, snowboarder, um, and just an absolute legend, apparently. And a golf aficionado. Like a golf nut, from what we've been hearing. Paul Myhrog, how are you? Hey, fellas. Thanks for having me on. Oh, man, it's our pleasure. Just giving you a little applause like you deserve, my friend. Just what he's used to, you know? Make <laughs> him feel comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what i pretend on the yeah sorry sorry that's what I, I pretend on the golf course every time i uh i play schmo you know like every uh, every hole's worth five and then if i get uh, i get a par i get my i pretend i hear the uh the applause from the gallery uh, mm. if i make a par oh that's a smart way to do that i like that <laughs> does it ever work yeah. oh no no no, no. It's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's interesting though right now not as many applauses on the golf course when yeah majors and everything that just people aren't there so it's a little closer to what we might get when we're out there and we make a good putt yeah yeah for sure yeah and i wonder um yeah you got to think these guys are getting used to it and if i was them i don't know if i would like i don't want to go back you know just the fear of uh cranking somebody in the face is enough for me to uh <laughs> not want to play in front of galleries no kidding i was watching uh it was like this clip of tyrell hatton the other day and he like hit a ball into the crowd and he's like and it goes up he's like oh did i hit anyone he's oh just this young lady here oh geez i'm so sorry about that and she's like yeah you know i was expecting it and he's like you were expecting me to hit you <laughs> and she's like no no no, no. <laughs> just getting hit by a ball <laughs> it's like oh my god can you imagine yeah, I'd trust them not to hit me a little better than if it was us out there trying oh. to do some things. If if yeah, you're yeah. if you're the state of your game was in front of a bunch of people, Paul, would you skank one into someone if you were standing on a par three, 190 yards, 180 yards, tight, tightly packed? I think that's hostile uh, adjacent for sure. Oh yeah. Um I'd say if it's a four-day tournament, somebody's going to the hospital. But um, <laughs> I like that. But I, I'd say three, uh, three, three safe shots and then uh, severe head trauma on uh, on one of them. <laughs> That's so funny. What's the state of your game these days, Paul? Like, have you been playing much during COVID? Have you been out? Yeah, like, where's it at? Uh, well, um, 
Uh, I spend uh, my my home is in Europe. Um, I was gonna. I live in. Ask that. Yeah, yeah. So I I live in France, but when the when the epidemic hit uh, or pandemic, it was an epidemic at the time. Um, the I kind of lost my visa and I lost my health insurance out there, so I had to come home. Um, I have a cabin in BC, and I was there for three months, and I decided to really work on my game while I was there. And I got back into the 70s. Uh, by the end of the three months, I was sort of coming in at 78, 77, 79. And Solid. I, yeah, yeah. So it was, for me, it's it's okay. Um, but it, it took three months of solid work to, to get back to that. Uh, when I was younger, I could play uh, fairly decently. But um, so that that's kind of where I'm at now. Nice. And wh- where, where are you guys playing at? Are you on the coast or kind of inland a bit? Uh, the cabin is near, it's in the Okanagan. So really near chase. So, uh, yeah, talking rock, uh, salmon arm, uh, Tobliano, big horn. Um, and then all, you know, the rise and quail and bear and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, all, all that sort of nonsense. Tobiano's a big favorite of the four jack. Yeah, we boys. love Tobiano. We were out there this summer. Talking Rock, I've heard, is also very nice. We didn't. We chose Tobiano over Talking Rock because our allegiance is with Tobiano and Shannon McGady, who's head pro out there. Love her. Shout out Shannon. Um, yeah, I guess like let's go back. How, maybe let everyone kind of know who you are and yeah, what you're doing. You're a stand-up comedian. You're living in France. How'd you get it? Like yeah, take this down. Kind of who Paul is. Sure, sure. Um, well, do you want like the real story or what I tell girls in the bar? I'd like a both, mixture of both because I'd nice. like to yeah. make a couple oh, notes. Especially on, coming like, from Camrose, you know, there's oh, got to be a good story there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't hear too many stories like yours from someone coming out of Camrose. To be fair, I drove through there on the weekend and I was thinking, well, there's probably not too many people with this kind of story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there was a young man with a, yeah. a vision and a drive to go make something of the world, and he's done it, folks. Right on. Well, yeah, yeah. Actually, oddly enough, there's three comedians from Camrose three touring comedians it's bizarre mm. um but uh yeah so uh, i started um i started uh, comedy in edmonton um at uh, yuck yucks in west edmonton mall i i basically did my first show on my 18th birthday i always wanted to try it and cool. uh, um so that's where it started and um you know it was I was just an amateur. I was going to Nate. I was taking um, uh, business marketing at Nate and uh, did it through through my post secondary education. But things didn't really start taking off until I um, moved to Toronto and I started entering in competitions in the United States and Canada. Um, I placed uh, second uh, in the Seattle International Comedy Competition, which. Um, yeah, I saw that on your website. That's congrats on that. That's a pretty cool accomplishment. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it pissed me off though because my podcast partner on the microdose is Damon Schritter, and he he got first, so he beat me out. Um, <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> There's always that little bit of animosity between the two of you every episode. Fuck you, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> was man, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was the first Canadian to ever win it. So it was a big deal. And there wouldn't be a comic that hadn't gone through there. I mean, like Mitch Hedberg and Robin Williams and all, every, every comic does that competition. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a big notch on his belt. And, um, but after that, I ended up winning a, a televised competition called the Great Canadian Laugh-Off. Um, yeah, saw that. And, uh, that was, um, and that, and then it sort of took off from there after that, um, you know, you started getting phone calls from festivals and television shows and other tours and things like that. So that I guess um, 
I guess that's a, that's what I have to thank for sort of the, the bump up. And so then what took you over to France? What were you kind of pursuing over there that, yeah, you're like, let's move to France. It sounds pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, Canadian comedians, um, you know, not not getting getting down on the Canadian scene. It's it's um, it's a great place in our in our comics are very strong, very, very strong. But eventually you're going to there's just not enough work with 35 million people spread out as far as, um, you know, the Soviet Union. It just it, it, it's just you need to move to the United States or to to the United Kingdom. So mm-hmm. I always looked at the the other comics that were living in Europe and um, I was really jealous of their careers. They, you know, they travel nonstop. Um, it seemed to be unlimited work. And uh, instead of uh, not paying for comedy like New York and Los Angeles, you're basically doing sets for free, hoping that you'd get noticed by a television network in the Europe. Um, they pay for every set. It doesn't, the, the comics had organized and made sure that, uh, so I thought it was the best chance to have a bit of a normal life living in England and, um, and, uh, you know, earn, earning money that way. I, I always really was jealous of guys like Craig Campbell and Glenn Wool and some of the other Canadians that went over there. So, so I chose that route, um, to go, to go to Europe. And that was, um, in 2011. Okay. And, um, and I lived in England for many years and then I met my partner, um, Cecile, who's a, who's French. And, and, you know, by that time I was working in so many different countries that it really didn't matter where I lived. And mm-hmm. so I, I decided to move down to France, um, along the Mediterranean there with, uh, with Cecile. Very oh, cool. Sounds like a dream. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's a little bit better than sitting there going, "Oh, well, here comes winter." Yeah, here comes the snow. <laughs> yeah, bear down the hatches, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Cecile, of course, uh, my fake story is I told her I was a professional skateboarder with the X Games. So oh, that's, that's she was, so uh, yeah. much cooler. Yeah, yeah. Way you better. should yeah, definitely yeah. stick with that one. Yeah. You kind of have a Tony Hawk thing going on right now. That like, yeah, there's a bit of a Birdman vibe going on yeah, here for sure, hundred <laughs> percent. Like I see it in you. You could at least be like, yeah, I was, I was Tony Hawk right in the game because Tony was a busy dude. They used me as his model. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Big Bird's body double. I like it. Yeah, love it. That's too funny. So what's um obviously coming back to Canada and then coming dealing with this whole pandemic issue, not being able to do stand up. Like this is just gotta be driving you nuts. Like, have you been able to perform at all? Um, no, since, uh, the, I was on tour in the middle when it hit. So I was on a tour that did 65 cities across Canada and we made it to about city number 40 or something. And, and it was in Calgary was our last show. And, um, and then we were, we were halted and, and I haven't worked since that was in March. Um, so, you know, it, 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 is it driving me crazy? I don't, um, the, I, the thing is, is I was in a weird position because I knew I was in trouble. I, um, I, I had a lucky year. I had agreed to do a tour in the United Kingdom. It was a soft seat theater tour opening for a, a way bigger name than me. His name's Ed Byrne. He's an Irish comedian. I don't know if you know Ed, but, um, um, so he I asked love me the to, Irish. I, I don't know yeah. Ed. I'm going to look him up, but we love the Irish over here for sure. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. Ed's, um, Ed's an unbelievable act. So he asked me to support him. It was a 65 city tour. And then immediately, I mean, the day after Ed's tour ended, I went to Norway 
on my tour, which is a soft seat theater tour, that's 29 cities. And then immediately after started the Canadian tour, which is another 65. So I had done 145 cities um, in four months or something. So wow. when the when when COVID hit, I was at the end of my rope. Um, I was exhausted. I didn't know where I was. So it, it actually couldn't have come at a better time. I I don't know if I would have made it the rest of the way. I was I was in a real bad. Um, uh, a bad, working yourself bad. too hard. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And we knew me and my partner, Cecile knew that I was going to be in trouble, but you know, in this business, you sort of got to take it when, uh, when it comes. So I, I, I decided to tough it out. So, um, honestly, I, I'm kind of enjoying the, the retirement right now, but, um, it's just starting to get to me where, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be nice to get back out there. Yeah. I mean, like you kind of mentioned earlier, I mean, you do have a podcast, which plug that again, if you don't mind. Oh, it's uh, the Microdose podcast. There we go. I mean, that's got to be just saving you. Like just to have yeah. that one little bit of relief to kind of just sit down with another comedian and just chop it up and get oh, something yeah. out there. Yeah, yeah. It's an outlet. Absolutely. It's an hour a week where, you know, you can talk nonsense. And Damon and I are, you know, best friends from from a long time ago. So it uh, and like you guys know, I'm sure it, it keeps you close and uh, it keeps your friends really close. And it's it's almost good therapy, isn't it? To see, oh, yeah. to, to laugh every week. And, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's wonderful. What's crazy about it all is like, yeah, that idea of going into a lockdown and our communication with people is kind of limited. Like throughout this, I was doing some recon the other day cause I was putting a little note together for just kind of some of the cool businesses that have been developing in Edmonton through the pandemic. And I talked about the four Jack and we've talked to over like 65 different people doing podcasts during the pandemic during the pandemic from when that started it's like we met 65 different crazy people that like yourself included in this probably over like 70 or 80 now and it's like it's pretty damn amazing how that like just happened i guess right like there was this pause but like then yeah the growing and connecting through zoom which was is crazy because it just made everyone instantly more comfortable with the idea of it it essentially like closed everything but then opened everything up again even more yeah you're like oh so i can't leave but i can i can zoom yeah i can send out a link here i can time travel Definitely. And and everybody has more time. So they don't, you know, maybe if you're uh, hunting after a bigger name, certainly not me, I got all the free time in the world. But, uh, you know, oh, I did. Please. So humble. <laughs> yeah. this, will be the, this will be our first six hour podcast. We just yeah. keep it going. <laughs> the one that never ends. <laughs> but yeah, I always see like bigger, you know, like Ron McLean and stuff popping up on podcasts that um, uh, like smaller podcasts. I think it's great. It's great. You know, mm-hmm. they get people got time to, to talk. It's it's awesome. And I love that they're all in their living rooms or wherever, because it, it truly is the great equalizer in that standpoint, because it's like, yeah, we're just here down in the basement having a chat. But like when everybody like the biggest people in the name, like when they're kind of doing the same thing, it's it's funny. Yeah, it's cool. It's very cool. That's so funny. I, I was going to actually ask you about the podcast too. Like, I mean, it, it's, it is kind of funny. Like you listen to all these comedians and they're all like, I have to have my podcast. Like, why wouldn't you have it? You have such a good community of everyone being like, I'll promote it. I'll come on. Sure. Why not? Like what a like blessing in disguise for all of that to like fall into place going into this, like with everyone doing it, like, holy, imagine them, like many people not having them It'd be a nightmare. Yeah. I'd like to dive into, yeah, who your inspiration is. Speaking of podcasts and creative outlet, like, yeah, who is your inspiration for, in the stand-up comedy world that kind of helped you 
learn more about yourself, I guess, is the best way to put that? Oh, um, yeah. So um, I guess where I grew up, um, there was a, yeah, there was a group of guys, Carrie Unger, um, and these, these aren't necessarily household names, but they're sort of, you know, Canadian famous um, yeah. guys. But uh, yeah, the guys that really took me under their wing, Carrie Unger, Kevin Stobo, Sean Lacomber were uh, Alberta guys. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I basically learned everything from those guys for stand-up comic comedy uh for sure i mean um they're they're all really talented and i was sort of the younger one out of all of them and um um so i i really learned uh, basically how to book uh work how to write jokes um how to you know everything from from those guys and i still they're all still dear friends which is um which is cool and then uh, for famous uh comedians uh uh was mitch hedberg i i really um i when I was an amateur, I was basically just doing an impression of him in my own way, uh, um, Mitch, until I found my own, um, you know, feet on stage. But uh, I absolutely adored uh, Mitch. That's yeah. cool. I like that he mentioned his homies first, to be quite you honest it, with man. you. Like, that, you was, that was nice. Like, you should say their names one more time so everybody knows who oh, the inspiration is out here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Carrie Unger and uh, Kevin Stobo, Sean McComber. And um, yeah, Kevin's based Calgary. Unger's out on the island, on Gabriel Island, and Lacomber's in Edmonton. And uh, yeah, Sean, uh, Sean particularly is, uh, he, you know, he's the first phone call for a lot of uh, CBC, basically anything, any radio show, um, any festival, any, um, he's, he's widely considered Canada's um, most funny guy his brain is just different than everybody else's he's just uh, yeah he's he's easily the funniest guy i know for sure so what made like you're saying three stand-ups came out of cameras what is like what is with cameras then like developing people like this like what is like what is the culture there that can create like some really funny people i mean i don't even meet that many funny people in edmonton and there's <laughs> 10 times more people <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I guess they say comedy comes from pain, so probably I was pain. Ask, that's how's the childhood? <laughs> yeah, that was a big topic on our board we have over here of what to address, and it's like, yeah, what's Paul's pain that he suffered to make him funny? Was it tough yeah, yeah. farm life, or was it you know just not enough people around? To yeah, 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 to? yeah. A lot of beatings down at the bar. Dude, you know, I you said that. Beat. I was like, was he beaten as a child? I mean, like something. Um, Farm yeah, boys yeah. roughing you up. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the the two other comics, um, Ken Val Gartson and Richard, Le they're they're of a different generation than me. You know, they're they're, they're buddies, but um, uh, they started a long time ago. I think Kenny Val Gartson was literally the first comic working in Edmonton, and he had to make a comedy club from the Sidetrack Cafe. I don't know if you guys oh, remember yeah. that place. Yeah. Um, but I he don't. basically. Yeah, yeah, he he invented he I mean he invented his own comedy night. There was no clubs, there was no anything. So he was sort of the he basically invented it here. So um and he was a he's a science teacher um uh, um as well. So um No way. Yeah, yeah, was, uh, <laughs> yeah is that Bill Nye energy going, yeah. right? Like a little yeah. comedy, a little science. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, I don't know why Cameras produced um three of us, but um yeah, I guess I always think of that um, that study that uh, you know if you get a group of guys together, even if they're all alphas, people fall into their own category. Every group needs a tough guy. Every group needs a smart guy. Every group needs a funny guy. 
And even if they're all the same people, eventually people will just fall into that role. Yeah. And Cam mm -hmm. Camrose is a tough place. And, um, you know, I played hockey and everything. I went, you know, I played rep, but I wasn't the toughest guy. And I always found myself, you know, being the funny guy on the team. So maybe the, the other two comics were sort of the same, same deal. Maybe, uh, maybe we're just weren't, weren't the toughest farmers out of all the farmers. So we had to be funny. <laughs> yeah. You had to <laughs> learn how to disarm them other ways, right? Like let, we're not even going to get this two fist to cuffs because I'm just going to break you down with a laugh and then we're going to hug it out <laughs> as buds. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I mean like I'll, I'll kind of, this is my own interpretation of this. Cause like my parents live out in Forsberg. This is like super Alberta. Yeah, talk love right it. Let's do it. Edmonton, Alberta biased hard right now. Um, so my parents are out in Forsberg, like not too far from cameras there, maybe what, 45, 50 minutes. And every time I used to go hang out at the golf course there and like, I love going hang out at the Forsberg golf club. I wouldn't say golf club. That's a stretch. Might become it's, one. Yeah, it might. When I get in there and do my commission work, it's going to be sick. But like, it's all the same old boys. And I'm sure you dealt with this a million times in cameras. You see the old farmer boys that come in there and they all have like, like you said, every guy has their role. But every guy has their lines. Every response, you know, yeah. like every type of thing that gets said, you know what each guy is going to say. And they <laughs> say it to a T. They have it down packed. And you're like, God, yeah, like this is so predictable. But like, it's fucking funny. Like, yeah. I know what's coming. But like the timing of it is perfect. And you're like, yeah, okay, <laughs> I can see where you develop that. <laughs> yeah yeah definitely definitely so i i love that you have plans to upgrade forsberg i know that golf course man i can't wait till you get in there that's that's awesome okay i'll die I'll, yeah let's I'll, do I'll, this I'll, I'll go into it i got it i got it like so my mom is on town council in forsberg she used to run the golf club i i loved it when she did that because i'd go in do like club repair if she needed if they needed help or whatever and like watch the shop for 20 minutes or whatever i loved it but then she was like, obviously this year is a bit of a struggle, COVID. Nobody was getting in there and eating and having drinks out on the patio. And she's like, yeah, you know, like people aren't coming. Like we want to do changes to the clubhouse. I'm like, you're fucked. I'm like, nobody's going to Forsberg to check out your clubhouse. I'm like, they're only going out there for one reason if they're going out there. I'm like, let's make this like really cool. She's like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, you have like 70 to 100 yards on either side of almost every green. I'm like, let's just build another green. Or just extend it out. And I'm like, let's just make this an 18-hole course on a nine-hole plot. And she's like, well, we could probably do that. <laughs> I'm like, this is going to be really sick Like when we do this. like, There's a lot cool. of cool ideas there. Like, Forsberg Golf Club has some good bones. I like yeah. it. And every beginning golf architect, similar to a stand-up comedian, just they need that first platform. And I like this as C-Pays' platform for course designer. Hell yeah, yeah, yeah! You need that first credit, and then you start rolling. But yeah. exactly, like we don't we don't need those other tracks. We don't need no Days Land or Huenda. We got the Forsberg. Yeah, we got people drive and make. <laughs> we got the, the FGC, man. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Two hour drive for the best time of your life. It's worth it, guaranteed. Forsberg.com. Flip it around. We could do a reverse track too. Do the loop. <laughs> yeah, actually, like <laughs> yeah. if you created a loop here, I guarantee that would kill it. For sure. Because it'd be like, this is one course. It's actually a loop. You can do play it both ways. Like, yeah, so people don't it. get it. And the old boys start getting hit. People just start problems. hitting balls both ways. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. I have one thing because we're kind of going back to like new beginnings. And I want to know, when you were 18, you went and did stand-up for your first time. Like, 
was that something you did regularly after that or like how did that experience go the first time and then when was it because you said you were going to school for marketing yeah like how did it evolve from first time you did stand up into like okay i'm doing this now uh yeah so i was one of the ones that was immediately addicted um from from minute one i mean I, the, my first set was at that like i said the yuck yucks west edmonton mall um what i didn't know is um that classically was the easiest room in canada um really? everybody that came to that room crushed it didn't matter where you're from it was the best audience in Canada and other headliners from, and, and I was just an amateur. I didn't know this, but other headliners would be like, Oh yeah, it's my week in Edmonton. I'm going to sell a me million DVDs. It's going to be sold out. Everybody loves it. So, you know, you got to think me coming in as an 18 year old standing on that stage. It went well, you know, yeah. and, and, but I didn't, it went well for everybody. So I just right away, I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. I'm, I'm great at this. Wait. What this was right. what was your material that day? Do you still remember like what you cu you kind of went for? Is it oh, cringeworthy? Yeah. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah yeah yeah! <laughs> um, yeah, I, um, I was a bit chubbier back then. That's an, being nice to myself. I was full on kind of fat, um, and um, uh, so a lot of my jokes were you know fat jokes. So okay. I, I, you yeah, know, like I, I can attack these people because I'm one of them. So it's like a safe. Back in the day when you could get away with yeah. those jokes, Touché. exactly, Touché. exactly, yeah. But it was all making fun of myself. Like you know, they had the dolphins at the uh, West Edmonton. So yep. I had some bit about um, how I jumped into the dolphin pool and the displacement theory, and all the water came out, and I was wedged <laughs> in the pool and. The dolphin trainers were throwing fish at me, and I, I just crap like that. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. I like so, it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was my that was my shtick, and then, and then I got um, I I I done well in an amateur competition called the Battle of Alberta. I get I got fourth place, I think, and it, it pitted Calgary Comics versus Edmonton Comics, and the top four winners got um, tours with um, with Yuck Yuck. So you got to go to Saskatchewan, cool. you got to go to BC and and do your first paid road work and and i that's when i learned my that's when i found out the edmonton comedy club was uh was easy because when i got to vancouver to that comedy club and um i only got one applause break and that was when the red light came on to tell you to get off stage and the <laughs> wow. whole audience saw it and they all started clapping to get, like, first bombing <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 they're like get the like fuck a true yeah. bombing too Oh yeah, yeah, real bad. Re yeah, yeah, rude awakening to um to to what real comedy was all about. And, what yeah. can you compare to that feeling? Like put it in golf terms actually. This is a really good one. How can you Bomb. compare that? Cuz that's um, got to be just soul crushing. Oh, it is. It's brutal. Yeah, I guess it would be like, you know, you're you're on your way to your personal best and you're on you're on hole 18 and you're you're going to break your record. John and um, you put up a 20. Yeah. 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 And you, 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 yeah. 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 You put up a moose. That's, yeah. that's exactly it. Like Phil you, Mickelson at winged foot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'd say bombing is that for, let, let's say you're even par. You've never broke par before and you're on the 18th tee box and you watch it carve OB and you know it's over. That's what yeah. bombing is. It's, 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 yeah. it's a sinking. 
horrific feeling. It's probably stuff. not even like, yeah, it's that moment where the ball is actually in the air and yeah. you're still watching it because you don't get to yeah. just leave yet. And you're yeah. like, ah, oh, damn, <laughs> this is going X right now. <laughs> just sailing away. You're like, well, there goes another set. Yeah. yeah <laughs> At yeah, least yeah, I got for... paid beforehand. So do you like, yeah, how do you adapt to that feeling over time, right? Like, is it like at some point you're kind of like, you know what? That's experimenting. I tried it, whatever it bombed next. Or is it like every time you kind of cry a little bit? Um, yeah, I guess it depends on the scenario. Like, uh, you know, I flew over, I'm in Canada right now. I flew over, um, of course the tours, um, uh, canceled, but I, you know, I have to write a new 25 minutes every year for the theater tours I do. So I book, uh, clubs and in that scenario, you know, I'm in a club, I'm headlining, but you, you got 45 minutes and usually I try about 10 to 15 brand new minutes. Now, if that, if those 15 minutes don't really do too well, then the bomb doesn't really hurt me because mm -hmm. I know, I know it's, um, you, you got know, a couple things stuff. in there yeah. that are going to make them laugh. So you kind of do the little compliment sandwich, right? Like maybe, yeah, I'm going to, exactly. I'm willing to risk silence for this second, but then I know that this one's going to make them laugh again. So yeah yeah okay. yeah so it's no problem you got old stuff and you know i'm 20 years in so you, you there's tricks to save yourself where it really hurts now these days is uh yeah recently i'm it's when you're showcasing to get a television show or you're actually filming the television show yeah and not a good time those, to bomb no no those bombs really really stick with you like yeah. uh, it's uh yeah yeah it's it's horrible maybe it's not necessarily your fault it could, it could be a you know crowd thing but it is your fault and you you you, you know you should be able to 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 work it in any room but, those, but there those are, are the bad ones. rooms for sure there's yeah. definitely bad crowds like don't ever kid yourself there's gotta yeah. be a bad crowd every once in a while. Yeah. 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 As, for sure. But as someone that's, which is exactly like golf, like it's solely on you as the comedian to kind of make it. Yeah. You got to try and make that lemonade out of those lemons. And it just, yeah, that's, that's tough. If it's a bad yeah. room and you're Despite doing something like that. Yeah. Like, oh, what do you do? Yeah. Just revert to crowd work. I mean, Hey, what? yeah. yeah. Hey, what, what do you do for a living? <laughs> 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 yeah yeah uh you well these days uh i found this trick is i i'll tell the audience um listen um it's not going well we're fucked and um <laughs> yeah. but uh i'm gonna give you the best joke i've ever written and if you don't laugh at this then then this show's gone off the rails and i'll and i'll go home but this is our one and only chance so you guys pull your shit together get your fucking game face on because we're gonna this is it it's do or die and then i tell a joke um that I've been doing a years. It's basically forcing a, a person in the crowd to name a zoo animal that they they'd have sex with, and um, <laughs> and it's uh, it's uh, very consistent uh, because it involves a cr audience member and it's an embarrassing question. So and you they they can't help but laugh at it, and then that usually picks them picks them back up. But um, that's sort of <laughs> brings up <laughs> the room morale <laughs> yeah. once they start thinking about who they'd have sex with from the zoo. Yeah, that's weird. I can't remember who I was listening to the other day. But they were referring to this old comic, and he, when this guy was bombing, he used to just pick people in the front row and basically just make things up about them. Just be like, "Oh man, look at this fat guy in front of me!" And then like he would just start ripping, and the you know the crowd would get along with it eventually, and then people would get out and be like, what "Fuck, was that guy in the front? Like he's not fat." 
<laughs> you would just be totally making things up yeah. about all these people in the front row just to kind of get it going. They all just start throwing their <laughs> drinks at the yeah. guy. <laughs> you're also you're a terrible comedian. You're also a liar. <laughs> and you've, incite, you've started a riot inside this comedy against this guy in the front. Wow, that's oh too good. Oh, my gosh. That's too good. What's... um? Have you done a lot of work in the States then? Like, you know, you, you hear about on these big comedy podcasts like Rogan, your mom's house and all this. And it's like, you know, you have your big venues, you know, in LA, New York, Chicago, like Nashville and stuff. Like, have you done a lot of those venues? Um, you, I ha- I do have some experience um, in the States. You know, I've done, you know, Melrose Improv, mm-hmm. you know, Hollywood and... Um, uh, when I was living in Vancouver before I moved to Europe, um, you know, I've always had a visa to the United States. The competition, the Seattle competition opened up a lot of work for me up and down, um, Washington, Idaho, California, North. Um, um, so yeah, I, I have, uh, I have experience and I also did the Boston comedy competition and, and was a finalist in that as well. Um, with a few names that are uh, have gone on to do some great things in Seattle too. When um, the other finalists were like Roy Scovel, I don't know if you guys oh, yeah. know Roy Scovel, and yeah, so he was third place. So it was me, Damon first, me second, and Roy third, um, who's gone on to do uh, incredible things. Yeah. So over, so they they've helped me out a little bit to get me uh, gigs here and there. So a little bit of experience, but um, yeah, definitely more Canadian in Europe. For How sure. do you compare that vibe down there? I mean, we're it's just. I mean, uh, we hear about it now more, like, with podcasts and stuff, but, like, these just murderers, like, night after night in these huge clubs. I mean, God, it would be such a different vibe. I mean, like you said, in Edmonton, I mean, that's the easiest room by far in Canada because you only have it once a week, maybe twice. And yeah. we're just looking for a reason to smile up here. Yeah, right? we're like, looking for anything. <laughs> a glimmer of hope. Yeah, yeah. and it's And it's like, you know... I'd say the overall population is very supportive. Yeah. In, you know, you know, people totally. just want to have a good time and they're there with you. They don't, they don't want to feel uncomfortable. No, you know, we love yeah. going to it. It's just like, Oh, this looks fantastic. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's your Where, take on the New York comedy scene? Like, I know you said you kind of have to do it for free and you're hoping, but like, yeah, has that ever been a world that you've been interested in going to and doing the scene or are you, more west coast california vibes oh yeah yeah and i definitely have worked in new york for sure i've done some uh some clubs there i i like i i really like new york i am i like it because it's a lot more truthful i don't know if that's the right you know like they're just raw about it and yeah they're real they're real people they're They're, not afraid to be like there's rats in the garbage bags outside right like for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's dirty and it's cold and they, and I, I like the comedy that comes out of there better. Same as London, England. I mean, gritty. it's dirty. It, yeah. It's gritty. It's really yeah. gritty. And yeah. So, and my act, um, you know, it's, it's evolving, but you, you know, I wasn't known as the most clean, you know, guy. So I, my comedy played a little bit better in grittier places. So I'd say I'm more of a East coast than, than West coast, but for comedy, but uh, lifestyle, uh, West Coast all the way. Cool. This is actually a good question. And before we get into things that we like to do as well, but um, so you moved to London when you finally made that decision. It'd be a little bit different now to compare, but like when you're in London, 
it must be really nice or even not in London, but even in the UK, it must be nice to kind of pull out these jokes that you know will give you a little bit of a rough time here in North America where like the Brits, you can get away with a lot. And like, I mean, I lived in Australia for quite a few years and it's like obviously living with a lot of English and you're like, man, I can get away with so much more with you guys. Like, this is great. Like you become very vicious. Like the banter is hard. Oh like, yeah. If I was yeah. to speak to someone like that in Canada, like people get offended. I'm like, man, Big time. that's funny to me. Like, this is actually hilarious in my head. Like, why are you not getting this? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, you, the club level is one thing. But the great thing about the UK is corporates. You, you go do oh, corporate yeah. comedy. And mm. in Canada, you have to be no sexual reference, no swearing, nothing about religion. In the UK, they don't expect you to change your, your material for corporate gigs. So you're walking into a ballroom full of bankers. And you don't have to change your gears. And it's fucking terrific. And they, they love it. They absolutely love it. They don't care about offending anybody. They don't care about corporate, uh, you know, black eyes. Like, it's 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 beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, instead of, like, don't you hate it when you get, uh, when you send that email out at, for, on Friday at 5 o'clock and it gets stuck in your outbox? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking. Yeah, exactly. Or they, exactly. like, bring you in just to be like, hey, everybody, we're going to just take 30 seconds here. We're all just going to let out a big belly laugh together, and then you're going to go on oh with your God. day. That sounds like my worst nightmare. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm crazy. But I love, I love the temperament of uh, the Brits and, and the and Scottish, too. Scotland's Scots are the night. funniest. Oh, it's the best. And the best place to perform, too, because they really love Canadians. Uh, we, you know, we got a lot in common, sort of both living above um, you know, what we live above. Uh, so you, you, they, they really endeared us and and uh, yeah, Scotland's my 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 favorite. Sure. I I back I was backpacking with a bunch of Scots like a few years ago, and I I've never laughed that hard in my life. I don't think <laughs> yeah. there are people that are funnier. Like if there mm-hmm. are, I'd like to find them. I'd li- I'd truly like to meet them because I don't believe that anyone is funnier than Scotsman. Yeah, yeah, I believe. I it. agree with you. I believe it. The, they sure. will say things that will fucking blow your mind. They're twisted, and it's the accent and the cadence in which they say it, and you're like, oh my god, that just. That hits every bit of my soul and twists it and kind of hurts it. Yeah. But like it feels good. It's like your dad yeah. spanking you. Right? Yeah, and exactly. <laughs> right? It just hits with such velocity that it's good. And it's true. Right. Like, Damn. No rebuttal. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. It's too funny. Okay. Let's do this. Snowboarding. I'm excited. You, so you are a host of the Snowden Comedy Tour been going on for quite some time now yeah yeah so uh, another comic named dan quinn it's um it's his tour his um tour. yeah but uh it's run on an equal share so we have a um, you know we we all go in you know it's all on us we rent the f- venues we do the advertising and you know it's our events but um but yeah it's his tour i've been on it for seven years it's been running for 10 awesome now you surely must go ride every single place you go to like you, yeah. you're a junkie. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Full, yeah. full, full, full junkie. Yeah. So awesome. we do. Um, yeah. The the whole tour was invented because of snowboarding. So um, yeah, it starts up. Um, you know, Shames and Hudson Bay up in um, uh, Prince Rupert uh, Terrace Smithers. It starts up there, and we get in two SUVs, 
and seven weeks and we hit every mountain in British Columbia and uh, in Alberta uh, for just seven week road trip doing comedy and, and riding. That's sick. So how did the events work? Do you guys like do comedy during the day or is that like a night thing and like, hey, let's all go ride and meet some new people and then laugh? Like, yeah, what's what's the venue look like when people want to actually go? I know it's COVID, but yeah yeah um it's gonna well, be on it, a zoom call this year <laughs> yeah 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 it's no it's not zoom but the um so i think the first couple i, I was kind of lucky because i just walked into a made tour i i i wasn't there for the early days of it which it did kind of start in a few bars and a few theaters but these days um all the venues are soft seat theaters so the it, you know in victoria we play the royal theater that's 1900 seats it always sells out um you know it's it's usually venues around 700 to 1900 seats that we play uh across across all of them so we'll you know we'll pick a town that's near any sort of anything rideable and uh we do the weekends you know friday saturday we'll do the big houses um the thousand seaters 1900 seaters and the weekdays we do smaller theaters and we still do a few, you know, like Wild Bills and Banff, you know, Banff, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, a few few bars um, on the Tuesdays and Mondays and things like that. Um, but uh, yeah, the the tour that's been running for ten or eleven years now, the BC one, um, it always sells out um, the whole the whole way. And then we extended it across Canada, and we're sort of working to build the brand uh, across Canada. Um, we've been doing the Prairies for four years. It's getting close to sell out every time, but you know, we're, we now we need help with Ontario and and the Maritimes to start building it out there. So mm-hmm. that's uh, that's sort of where we're at. Now, I I don't I hope you've never performed here. I I pray to God that you haven't. But it'd be funny if you have. You guys did Golden, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Did you ever were you ever there on a Monday? Uh, Golden, we're always there on Wednesday. Oh, good. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, I used to live out in uh, Emerald Lake. I moved out there right after high school. I was like, okay, I want to snowboard for the for the winter. This is perfect. Close to home. But Mondays in Golden were always the wildest for like any sort of ski bum because it was Fresh Meat Monday at the Roadhouse Tavern. They literally <laughs> used to helicopter in a new stripper every single Monday, and it just turned into like a giant brawl. Wow. It was like every single ski bum within like a 100-kilometer radius was there, and it was vicious. Like... <laughs> It, it, that ha- that stripper probably had to get helicoptered out of there that night yeah. as well because she was scared for life. It was insane. I was just hoping you might have got a little taste of the tavern, you know, just dipping yeah. out, dip in and out of Golden. Yeah, Golden's so funny because right next door, Rev, and the other side, Banff, which is like, I always see Golden as sort of like the red deer of the Rockies. It's totally. Just, it's, mm. it's a, yeah, That's it's a, a bit... great analogy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they should change the sign when they enter. <laughs> just the, the kicking horse in the yeah. same motion as the red deer. Yeah. <laughs> or they should change, yeah, they should change red deer to be the kicking horse. Of Actually, Alberta. it kind of yeah. is when you think about it. It's almost in the reverse. Yeah. The kicking yeah. horse is going down with the front legs the red deer is going up oh, you're, you're that's right it. you're right yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like yeah it's something about it but you know and there's a lot of cool people there and a lot of very hardcore outdoors people but oh, it's yeah. just got this like grit vibe and and if there's any trouble it always happens in golden i don't know what it is it's yeah a, it's a it's a gritty place it's grubby like it i is? love i i really enjoy it but i think it's that entrance in you know when yeah. we got that main strip there and yeah. that shitty subway at the end? It used to be the only subway, I swear to God, in Western Canada that served Caesar. 
And I was like, oh, this stuff is banging, but it's gross. Yeah, <laughs> it was delightful. We'd always stop there on our golf trips out to BC. Oh, this is the best golf course. It's my probably my favorite golf course in the mountains. Same. Golden is a, it's a it's a hidden gem. It's unbelievable. Our one of our co-hosts that hasn't been here in quite some time, but Cody, he hates Golden, and I've always been like, how can you hate that golf course, man? He's like, you know what? I was hungover on the way through. Was not in a good mood. I think it's just, that's why I'm like. Yeah, I think it's time for you to go back because, like, that is legitimately one of my favorite golf courses I've ever played. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cody's wrong. Cody's on meth. That's insane. You, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's too good, man. Like, it's so good. And I think it's the tenth and eleventh hole that are beside that like wild rushing river. So when yeah. you're trying to tee off, it's By like, yeah, horse. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, it's incredible. I can't suggest it enough. It's amazing. I gotta switch gears for a second because I keep looking at you and I'm just like, you're Tony Hawk, but like, have, we need to get in touch with SNL and you need to be doing a bit on there where you're like Tony Hawk, but like, you know, like there's there's something here just where get both yeah, of them on. Yeah, get both of them on, and you're like his twin, and then like, or yeah, just some sort of. Yeah, there's some sort of play there in life for you, I think. Who's yeah, your yeah, agent? Yeah. I we think I'd get in touch with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the kind of like loser, try hard brother that tries to be like him, but it doesn't quite work. You know, I'm a bit, bit too nerdy. Or just like you're the Tony Hawk nobody gets to see. So it's like he goes through his life living it, and it's like, yeah, I'm Tony Hawk doing this. But then like there's this like, you're right behind him being like telling what Tony Hawk actually thinks about everything that's going on in life. Right. And he's like, ah, oh, yeah, this is whack. Like your tail grabs. The younger suck. brother that's yeah. always just chirping. Yeah. 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 Right. on that. I take it. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's one of my heroes. I, if I, if I meet him, I think I would, I'd be, I don't know. I'd be smitten. I'd, I'd be absolutely starstruck if I ever had a chance to shake hands with that guy. It'd be amazing. I feel the same. That's like one of those dudes yeah. where you'd be like, holy shit, that's fun. Tony Hawk. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I played yeah, yeah, his yeah. games forever. I had all of his yeah. decks when I was a kid. Always skated Birdhouse. I'd probably steal a strand of his hair for sure and put it in my milkshake. <laughs> See <how> it <laughs> I'm just kidding. I would not do that, but I would look him in the eye and say, You're a goddamn inspiration. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. Who got super lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah. my gosh so like we're so go back onto this tour here we're, we're like your favorites like favorite spots for you to ride and like mm -hmm. favorite rooms because like i'm sure there's a couple sneaky spots out there especially in like northern bc where it gets a little weird yeah 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 um okay favorite so let's talk if we're gonna talk resorts um hands down white and red um, in Nelson and, uh, Roslyn, White Mountain and Red Mountain. Mm -hmm. Um, if you, uh, have you guys been out there? I've been to Nelson. I've never, never rode the mountain though. I've heard many great things about Red Mountain. Yeah, it is like, yeah, it, it's unbelievable. It's so hard to get to. It's so far away from Vancouver. It's so far away from Alberta. And yeah, it's so right in there's a little corner section. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no lift lines and it is untouched like if especially if you catch it on a snow day it's like that champagne powder untouched all day because the terrain is so massive and no one no one not a person out there it is mm. so cool um that i can't say enough about those those resorts that actually reminds me sorry to interject this story but i went to revelstoke the first day it ever opened like ever so much snow like anyone who's up here knows revelstoke like 
in the middle of winter, it's up to their gutters on their houses, how much snow there is. The end of the day, it was so tracked out because there were just so many people there. I literally had to crawl down the last like 500 meters of the mountain because my quads were just like <laughs> destroyed from all the like when you fall and you have to hike through like four feet of snow. Oh, yeah, that was a crazy day. But back to <laughs> you. That's funny, man. You and I were there. Um, me and my sister went to Rev on opening day. Wow. Um, we and, were there. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was clay. You remember there wasn't even a paved road out there yet. It yeah. was still mud. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was just like a complete disaster zone. And there was just so much snow everywhere. It was unbelievable. And at the time, my sister's older than me. And at the time, I I wasn't a strong rider. And um if I had my sister's tenacity, I think I'd probably be in the NHL. She's like the toughest person I know. And she was just chirping me the whole day. Cause I just like you, my cap's on fire. And I was like stuck on the side of the mountain. She's like, why don't you try turning you baby? Like she just all, like chirping me and I'm I freaking can't. out. Like this I is can't. above my ski level. You fucking come on. Right? Like, I, just, <laughs> yeah. I literally had a mini panty attack. Like, like my I made them, ha they all had to go get the car and the car that we actually drove there. And now that I'm thinking about it, was just the diciest little minivan. Like we were all just kind of sitting in the back and this thing had like bald tires and there was a snowstorm driving back. We were idiots, but yeah, like <laughs> made it, made it. We, we made it. We're here to talk about it, but that was just the craziest day of snow I've ever had in my life. Cause like I hadn't snowboarded for a bit after like I used to snowboard every single day. Like I was a crazy person where like we built jumps in my backyard and would be towing behind the quad at like 90 kilometers an hour doing crazy <laughs> stuff like that, doing yeah, rails yeah. down the street. Then I'm like, okay, yeah, let's get back into it. And dude, my legs were toast. Oh yeah. <laughs> I've never yeah, felt yeah. that. Like, Put it I, in perspective. Like this guy has no like off switch. I'm like, crazy. It's dumb. <laughs> I'm moving to New York for a bit right now, like amidst all this crazy stuff. Cause I have dual oh. citizenship. So it's like, yeah, we're crazy. Dude, yeah, yeah, go for it. I love it, man. That's awesome. Yeah. I, like, I like it. You're the daredevil of the bunch, eh? A little bit. What, yeah, yeah, there's like parts of that, like especially when he gets on a board that it's like, hey, man, you have a road in like two years. Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe we don't dip through the park right now because I can see you eyeing this shit up. And I'm like, that jump's huge. And I know what you want to do. Yeah. And it's not going to go well. But it usually does. Sometimes turn it doesn't out. Yeah, turn like, out too bad, though. Like, pretty decent. Yeah body mind coordination let's call it i guess right so. yeah yeah right on oh i gotta tell you guys uh just that park thing um we a couple of years ago on tour i don't know if you know arge barker he's um he's a comedian he's you know done seven lettermans and he was also um on uh flight of the concords uh, oh, that show. okay yeah 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 uh, anyway he's a, where that name was coming from yeah yeah he's a he's a great guy and he he tours with us on that um on the comedy tour he had a family emergency, he had to go back to Australia. And we got in um, a replacement guy named Pete Zedlacker. Pete hadn't skied for 10 years. And he was a television writer, sort of, when you're in the writing room, you're eating bad, you're kind of smoking, you're kind of getting out of shape. So he came straight from a writing room on tour, hadn't skied in 10 years. And on the first run, um, followed me into the park. I was working on my tabletops. Yeah. And um, he decided to go for it. And Full um, send. <laughs> just he was flying through the air like a matzo ball, slowly <laughs> rolling back. And I was I always just like watching this neck breaker about to happen. And then just like, boom, complete yard sale. Back breaker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> I had a similar moment like that with Tom, actually. Where yeah. it was like in the air, got horizontal. And I'm like, oh my God, the window. Yeah. I'm winding oh. up the windows <laughs> here. And That's I bring bombing. it back. I brought it, I brought it back and somehow I don't know how I landed on the heel, the tiniest bit of heel that I had yeah. left there. But that nice. was like, that's the most terrifying feeling. That's like that bombing. Worse. I think that's got to be worse than bombing because you might die. Yeah. Imminent danger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. It's not just embarrassment. It's yeah. death that yeah. you're facing. You <laughs> get that metallic taste in the back of your mouth because you're like, no, oh, there's man. impact coming. Yeah, but I'm, I'm a massive rev fan too. And I'd say on the right day when you're going off the top chair and you're traversing right all the way to those bulls on the right and, and skiing and, or riding all those all day, like that's right up there with the, with the best in Canada too. That's cool. What about out East? Is there anything we should know about like relatively versed in the Western Canada ski scene, but is there anywhere if anyone were to find themselves out on the East that you're like, this is where you should check it out? I would suggest if you find yourself in the East, just get a plane ticket and get right back to the West. Amen. That's the answer I was yeah. hoping for. <laughs> yeah. You heard it here, folks. You had a plane ticket. I always tell people like that or tell people the it. same thing. They're like, oh, I'm going to Canada. I'm like, yeah, sick. I'm like, what parts? East. I'm like, probably uh, keep going. Buy another <laughs> ticket because that's going to suck. Like you, in the winter, sick. You're gonna really enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? <laughs> so uh, stupid. Have we? Parksy might slap us if like. Have we even gotten into how you got into golf? No, we haven't. I don't think we have. No, so, no, I don't think so. Let's um, tell that story too. Well, it's probably classic Canadian. I mean, my dad had me swinging <laughs> golf clubs. Um, before I can remember, like I, I, I was thinking about it because I thought a question like this would come up, but I really can't remember my first rounds of golf. Like I can, re I was already well playing the, my first memories. My dad got transferred to Vancouver for a, a while. I would have been five years old. And that's sort of the first time I remember going around and smacking balls and he would take me to executive courses out there. And so he just always mm -hmm. had me swinging. What were you, where were you playing in cameras? Did you play at the cameras club? Yeah, and just like you, I um, I worked there too. I was a oh, I was a backshop boy, and so I worked for my memberships and uh, yeah, cleaning clubs, washing carts, and uh, setting up for tournaments, running men's night, and it's a busy uh, club. Yeah, yeah, it's busy. Yeah, re re really, really busy. Yeah, we had club storage, so all the they would just dump hundreds of bags of clubs on you, and you just wash all night. And um, yeah, but it was awesome. And then afterwards, the the pros were nice. They'd let us take a cart out. And, you know, if you're playing that much, you can get nine holes done in 50 minutes on oh, a cart, yeah. you know, and yeah, yeah. So that, that's, uh, that's how I started. And I, I absolutely loved, loved it as a kid. Loved mm -hmm. it. Uh, it's, you'll be able to understand this as well as we do, but like maybe people that aren't from Alberta don't get this, but there's nothing better than playing golf in Alberta in the middle of summer, like June, early July, when you can play till like 11 o'clock. When you're like, yeah. you get on the tee at like 8.30 and you're like, I could bang out a full round. Now we used to, <laughs> at 10 o'clock, go bang out. You used out to meet me at a, after a close. And be like, no yeah, way. we could get nine in for sure. Yeah. In a cart. It's... Like, we could play in like 35, 40 minutes. The most emergency yeah. of nines you've ever heard. Of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No reads. Yeah. Yeah. No <laughs> reads. You know where it's going. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. You've played it a thousand times. Yeah. It is. It's spectacular, isn't it? 
Oh, it's, that's like one of my favorite things. Like there's, so like I moved back from Sydney last year or whatever. And like first time I'm back in Alberta in like five years. And I'm like, Oh God, like this is going to suck. Like it's cold as shit. And then summer hits. And then you're like, ah, forgot how nice daylight is like mm-hmm. long daylight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, this yeah, is yeah. a tree. Like so yeah. many times this summer you're rolling home and you're like, it's 1130 and there's still sunlight. Like this yeah. is stupid. Like, I don't now know what to do like, at this time. We're out there at 7.30 and it's dark and you're like, I just wish there was a little more sunlight for us to keep going, right? Like, if only we could solve this problem. Yeah, yeah. The last time I played, I just played last week in Talking Rock in BC. and um, But I made a tea time for 3 p.m. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Not realizing, like, oh, yeah, it's dark at 6 now. Like, there's no way you're going to get 18. Like, it, yeah, it, it goes away too quickly in the oh, winter. That's it's the harshest, isn't it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I like I was kind of doing some part-time work out of the Northern Bear this summer and it was so funny because like we had that one little last stretch of nice weather but it's yeah. still going down like sun's gone at 7 30 and like literally yeah. had this one guy call and being like hey man can I get out and I'm like not till like six o'clock man and, <laughs> and like maybe it was a little after and like sun's going down at 7 15 I'm like look man you're not gonna finish I'm like I hate to charge you a full pop for nine holes like 75 bucks for nine holes sucks and he's like don't worry two of us have passes the three of us will just split it like we just want to get out and i'm like you guys are fucking nuts like you're willing to split the cost so you can sneak out for seven holes like alberta's crazy freaking nuts yeah hell yeah 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 yeah. i think it's beautiful so maybe yeah a little bit of what the future is looking like for you coming up here what do you got planned what yeah what's coming up uh okay so i i flew to canada to do a 21 day tour of uh ontario i had to quarantine for two weeks Mm -hmm. and um the second day left in my quarantine uh ontario put those restrictions on so um it all got canceled the whole thing (laughs) so um um, so i free time a couple of weeks off um I just uh, came to uh, my farm and uh, hang out with mom and dad. Um, and I helped my dad put drywall up in the garage next week and um, and do some insulating. And and then uh, I'm going to fly to France um, uh, back on, on the original flight I had booked. Um, so that's that. And um, I don't know. All, all the work is canceled. Like all the theater tours because the venues are two you know thousand seaters they there's no yeah. way you're gonna it's just yeah. not financially like, there, there yet is there a way for the like just to create an open room on here and let people fill it up and you're like hey thousand people like good evening right like yeah. welcome to yeah. my little have like, you done any virtual sets i have yeah i've done i've done a few of them a lot of my colleagues like it i think it's um it's like swallowing nails. I, I, can't I was going to say that sounds uh, awful. I'm actually uh, yeah. like thinking we should have. Yeah, this is crazy because like I always have wild ideas while while we're potting, which is not always the best. But I'm like, we should literally just send this invite out to everyone. Right. And then it, like we're the only two that get mic'd up and they are all muted so they could at least enjoy this live is like we got to try. This would have been the perfect one to do that on because I think you would have been able to handle it well as a stand up comedian. But like. I don't know. Yeah. I've been hearing stand-up comedians say that there is nothing worse, and it's like the hardest thing to do, like a virtual setup, virtual yeah. set, because you don't get but that I, feedback. Yeah, yeah. I bet definitely. you'd be getting the chat feedback. They'd be yelling all sorts of crap out in the yeah, chat. Yeah. 
But you know what? I think you're onto some because I don't know. I've never heard that like a live podcast yeah. recording on Zoom is is you you stumbled. I have never heard that before, and it's brilliant because it's not like doing a set. You're just having a conversation with three people is a lot different and. Yeah. I think you're onto something there, and that's a fucking great idea. Very great idea. Well, speaking of, I mean, like, there are some guys, I mean, these aren't, like, podcasts. These are shows. Yeah. You ever, obviously, kind of heard, like, Tom Segura and Christina Pajitsky, like, your mom's house is doing that thing. Like, tonight was Tom Segura and Bert Kreischer doing, like, the Two Bears, One Cape live show. Mm -hmm. Like, they were getting, like, a dominatrix in, like, to beat the shit out of them and stuff. Like, it was nuts. (laughs) But, like, they've been doing these live shows, and it's, like over the fucking top yeah but like you're paying to get in it's like it's a really good idea actually like it's super interactive yeah I mean, people yeah. get into it I if like you have it. exclusive shit fuck yeah i'd just be interested okay. to see who would pop in if we were to do, like yeah you po- you post the link to the instagram in our bio on instagram this is like we're we're gonna have to do this just to see what happens because it's like i'm on zoom calls all the time with like 50 plus peeps like 100 people whatever's on it and it's like you mute everyone's mic except for who needs to talk and then people can chime in in the chat. It's perfect. It's a really cool idea. I think it's a very okay. cool idea. Okay. And and not uncomfortable for, uh, well, at least on a stand-up perspective, as long as you're bouncing ideas off of three people. Right. Very comfortable. Right. Mm. Yeah, you can make that happen. Okay. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I just want to get back into this, uh, to the schedule thing. So um, I'm going to go back. I have some other gigs planned. Um um, but, but get this, I, I don't know if you can hear my lisp. I, um, I had some jaw problems. I, I found an infection in my jaw, so I had to get some bone grafts done and I have Ooh. braces now. Um, uh, no, I, just, I didn't hear a single lisp to be honest. Oh, great. Oh, cool. Yeah. I guess Hold it's it getting right better. Off. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but my health uh, work is being done in France, so I have to, in the middle of this thing, I got to fly home for seven days, go to get a, um, my bolts tightened and then turn around, fly back to Canada, quarantine again for two weeks and then finish the, um, the work plant. And then, um, but, but after that, then I'm, I'm just going to go back to France and I get the braces out in September. So I think I'm going to take the rest of the year off and just stay there and, and, and take care of my teeth and, and pick comedy back up in the fall next year. Mm-hmm. I like hearing this from you. Cause it's like, yeah, my crazy adventure that I'm about to go on in life. Like knowing that this you're, you're like, you're a couple, couple laps ahead of me in crazy COVID adventures, <laughs> right? Like it's like, okay, yeah, Paul's been there. He's been doing it. Okay. This week can keep moving forward tom let's do it yeah 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 i think i think what you're doing is cool and um and as far as hot zones like where i live in the mediterranean was the the summer's most covid hot place in the world i mean that's where everybody went for vacation you know all those stories you heard in the news like capped egg that's 15 minutes away from my house i mean it's um so i i think you'll be fine what was that like early on too early on it was I mean, like they, they kind of have a different attitude out there. They don't really, yeah, there, there's not the masks aren't now that it's a government law. Um, but early, so everybody's doing it when they get indoors. But at first when the government had made it very clear, nobody was wearing, no, not one cook, not one waiter, not one, nobody, absolutely no one. They just have this, don't tell me what to do attitude over mm-hmm. there. And um, but, um, yeah, it was, it was a bit wild. It was, uh, you know, you go to the beach towels are touching each other for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. Just, yeah. uh, yeah, just, yeah, different, different attitude. Are there restrictions now? 
Yeah, yeah. Now, as soon as you walk into, so I think it's a city that Pezinez is very near us. That's a, a kind of a bigger city, maybe 15,000, 19,000 people and cities of that size. As soon as you're in city limits, you have to have a mask on, even on the streets, oh, okay. everybody. So, mm. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's fine. What about like, are you be able to perform there? Um, I don't speak French, um, okay, at no all. English. I was wondering uh, about rooms that. at all or anything. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can, I'm starting to be able to get around like, you know, I can get bakeries, grocery stores, you know, hardware stores. I'm okay. My, my gal, my better half bugs me about it constantly, but I think I'm improving. Um, uh, so yeah, the only work I do there really is in the Alps. Uh, I do snowboarding in the, in the Alps. There's a, there's a lot of gigs for expats up there. So, um, yeah, Swiss and French Alps and Italian Alps. And I spend a couple of weeks there a year, um, uh, doing gigs uh, for them. I think That's it's fantastic. just absolutely amazing how you have taken all your passions and just turned them into one life kind of thing. Yeah. You've really That's created amazing. something solid here. Yeah. Like this sounds like the dream situation. <laughs> yeah. I like to go to the Alps and snowboard and do comedy. It's like kind of, yeah, that's, it's cool how that worked out for you. You might've just pushed me to the Caribbean, man. Yeah. I'm going to peg it all winter long. Oddly enough, yeah. I, I'm playing golf yeah, all winter. I sent a Hell message yeah. to his brother today that he doesn't know about and told him that, yeah, CPAs should go to the Turks. <laughs> yeah. 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 Didn't they offer that you can ride out COVID there? The, isn't that Turks that, uh, that did that? They'll give you a visa and you can stay the rest of COVID and work out of Turks. I think it's 1500 bucks. And you can stay there for a year. You get like temporary residency. Wow. It's nothing. And you just walk right in. You like, got to go, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's a piece of cake right now. And like, I like this chat. It, yeah. It, I'm like, like my brother's been living there on and off for like the past, say, oh, fuck, I guess almost like 10 years. And golf course, perfect. It's across the street from the beach. Lovely. And beer's really cold. Dude. So. Dude. Are you a, are you a diving instructor or something or got, like how, I, well, might, I, I might be tonight, I, by the end of tonight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. what I'll be telling girls from now on. He'll be that dude. I'm a dolphin instructor, actually. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be uh, what was his name? Uh, Claude from uh, Along Came Polly. Oh was, God! Yeah. <laughs> Can I interest you in some scuba? <laughs> <laughs> He, uh, he changes into his appropriate speedo you know he takes off yeah. one speedo and gets it in. hilarious ah uh, let me get my bright one on here yeah yeah going into the depths today <laughs> too yeah. funny i love it that's cool you want to know what is crazy actually you talking about being in france like picking up on some some of the the, the language i guess when i was in peru it was actually mind-blowing we had a Uber driver, I guess I'll call it cab driver for the day. And we had the craziest conversation just using Google translator. Like I'm fully sold on the power of Google translator is like, Hey man, this is what I'm looking for. Spit it out in their language. Like yeah. game changer. I know it's cheating and not like being true to the art of learning culture, but like when you're new, you got to do what you can. Definitely. If you're only there for, well, I don't know, you were backpacking, so maybe it was months. Yeah, but like uh, yeah, months. yeah, yeah. The only reason I'm putting any effort into taking lessons and learning is because, you know, my partner and I, I have a residence there and stuff. But, but if I was just visiting, no way I'd be, I'd be putting in the effort. I'd be I, translate all the way. You want to meet uh, the other portion of the pod? He's actually waiting here. He's going to come in and say hello. Yeah, hell yeah. Bring him in. This is perfect timing, this actually. Is perfect. We were hoping for something a little crazy today, and this is nice. If he, oh, he might be a bit slow on it. Oh my gosh, he made it! Wow, there he, there is. he is. The first ever Midway podcast entrance, Mister Parkinson. 
I got to apologize here, Paul. I, I'm a late entry into the race here. It's no problem, man. It's nice to meet you. Yeah, pleasure. How's it going, gents? Sorry for the late entry. Oh, man, you, apologize, you know got stuck at work. We didn't Ugh. need you. You're you're actually <laughs> just catching the the first tail end. The, the the tail end of the first third of the longest podcast we've ever done. That's going to be six hours long. We're just going to yes. keep We're running, rolling this, right now, getting to know people. <laughs> I just did some push-ups, so I'm ready. Paul's not even working tomorrow, man. He's got lots of time. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah, retired. Yeah. yeah, awesome. I love it. Just a I career change for a couple of weeks, right? Doing so, actually, this is good timing because Parksy just kind of went through a little bit of this. He was at his sister's for a bit, doing a lot of like renovations for her, and Paul's going to be helping his dad out with a few things around the farm right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. I and my dad um, and my uncle had come out to France to help me with my renovation, so I, w- I was telling people that I was running a reverse sweatshop. You know, I uh, <laughs> in- <laughs> instead instead of kids, I had senior citizens, uh, <laughs> yeah, standing on ladders holding drywall above their heads. So it's um, it's Makes time it for me to understand what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's time to me re- uh, return the favor to uh, to help them out now. Well, I mean, that is a nice, that's really nice of you, actually. Like, surprisingly nice. I don't know if I would do the same, but uh, good on you. <laughs> so, Parksy, just to catch you up to speed, we've touched on how Paul got started in stand-up comedy, his golf story, uh, basically his tour of, what what's it called, Snowden? The Snowden, Snowden comedy tour. Edward Snowden almost is kind of like, yeah, 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 yeah. Quick, yeah. Unfortunate, right? unfortunate name change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, touche. Um, yeah, went a little bit through what he's up to now, kind of what COVID did. He's living in France. Anything that you kind of want to learn from him while we got you on the horn? Yeah, two things. I want to give a quick shout out to our friend Toby Hargrave. So I had the opportunity to work with Toby a little bit and he could not say enough good things about you, Paul. So it is absolute pleasure to have you on the show. That's fantastic that you made some time for us. Can't thank you enough. Hey, no worries. Yeah, and that Toby is, um, well, I'm sure you know, is um, probably the nicest human, literally the nicest human mm-hmm. in the world and uh, and very talented actor. And uh, yeah, so I'm glad um, I'm glad he hooked us up. Absolutely. So I guess what's pressing for me is I really need to know where this passion of golf came from for you. How did you get like so involved in the game that it's addicting for you? Uh, Do you want to hear the real story or like (laughs) he tells his girlfriend? Because the truth is it started in his father's sack. (laughs) It sounds Uh like, right? He was just born into golf. Is from what we heard. I like that. Yeah, yeah. My dad had me swinging before I, I had, I can remember it. So, um, yeah. But I, I passionate. I guess it's, um, you know, I have that classic Canadian kid story where, you know, I had some knee problems in hockey. I wasn't going anywhere anyway. But um, after that sort of ended, um, then golf, you know, it was still competitive. I could play tournaments and still work on something. So it just replaced all that. Um, a place to put all that. Uh, uh, heaving testosterone as a 16 year 15 year old kid so um i just put it all into golf and worked on it and so that's, i like uh, that I think, yeah yeah i got a awesome. question about what you're using to find a yardage right now do you use any range finder in particular or do you like a gps unit the watch like um i don't uh i'm old school i just um you're, just you're look, the we'll, range finder we'll, cha- we'll change that for you we'll send something over for you Oh, killer, man. That sounds awesome. We got a awesome. nice blue teaser rangefinder coming for you. 
Yeah. Oh, that's killer. Right on, right on. Yeah, we always bug. Uh, we had one buddy, we play a tournament called the Spike Cup um, every year, me and my friends. And uh, one of them has his GPS on his phone. We call it the Bragomatic because he always bragging about how awesome it is. So, uh, we, we, so as much ball busting as I've done about the Bragomatic, then I, I, I can't uh, bring myself to, to go over. But, I, um, but that'd be cool. A Bluetooth rangefinder sounds awesome. Not Bluetooth, blue tees. Yeah, blue yeah, Bluetooth would be sick as well. We're just actually. giving a couple shameless <laughs> plugs right now, right? Yeah. The blue tees rangefinder is absolutely fantastic. Definitely better than blue balls as well. So yeah, we'll just <laughs> eliminate that one off the list too. Um, Paul, we this is something that Parks always kind of takes hold of. But you know what? I'm gonna tonight actually. We always kind of like to ask someone, and I'm sure you read this on the list, but. We want to know a story that you've never really told anyone or something that's like just super shocking. Even if you have told it, something that will just blow everyone's mind every single time they hear it. Um, Can I add to this real quick? We don't want to know where the body is. We just want to know how you got to the spot where you delivered the body. Just the good stuff. It was a crime of passion. Yeah, as they all are usually. Yes, yes. So it started um, with a drink. Yes, yes. I noticed Rodrigo looking at my girlfriend with a cocked eye. Um, no, um, I, you know, the the thing about being a stand-up is, I guess, yeah, we don't, like, I'm supposed to take these horrible things that you don't tell people and talk about it, you know? So yeah, that, that's like say. my job. So I don't really have, I'm really open about everything. I I don't really have much shame and as far so I don't think I have things that I've never told anyone before. Um so let's just go the most shocking then. Most shocking. Um well I did get um uh, my parents made an unfortunate decision. It could have been okay, but they didn't get me circumcised um <laughs> as a um as a kid. And um uh I had a thing called phlomosis. Um, which is a uh, really tight foreskin um, okay. is what it is. A fitted kind of hood. Circulation on. Where he gets his yeah. length from. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had uh, really, yeah, a tapered, a tapered look to my, uh, yes, to my yeah. undercut. Um, but um, I didn't really know. I, I mean, I it was a weird phase because I was just starting to, you know, get active and, you know, I'd hook up with a girl and then, I'd have some burning sensation afterwards. Even though I wore a condom, I would still burn. So I'd go to an STD clinic, get a test. They'd say I'd negative. I would go back into the game. Uh, I'd have burning again. I'd go back to the same doctor, negative, back in, negative, back in, negative. And eventually the doctor yelled at me and he was like, you're a hypochondriac. You're not welcome back at this clinic. (laughs) Like you're, yeah. So, and I broke down and I was like, dude, you got to help me. And he was like, "Uh, well, you know, let's, let's take a closer look. And he's like, I need you to retract your foreskin all the way back. And I was like, what, what is that? What do you mean? Pardon? And he's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he, bur- <laughs> he burst out laughing and he was like, Oh my God, how did you not know you were fucking? <laughs> yeah. like, Eureka. He's like, Eureka. Lastly, he's like, and lastly, I'm your uncle and not your doctor. <laughs> be the worst. Stop coming here. He's just like, let me show you. man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Oh man. So I, I was like, am I going to be okay? And he was fighting through tears. He's like, no, no, you're going to get surgery like tomorrow. This is fucking crazy. So, um, wow. yeah, so yeah, late yeah. Cirque. late yeah. snip. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Late in the game. Yeah. So I was 24 and, um, when I got my adult circumcision and my circumcision, <laughs> I was the, one of the groomsmen in my cousin's wedding and it was the day of his bachelor no. party. 
Um, oh. Yeah. So adult oh. circumcision uh, during the day, straight to a bachelor party at night with like a penis splint on and bleeding stitches and the whole nine. And it was um, it was an absolute. It was a Raptors game, Toronto Raptors game, and You're just sitting and, there um, uncomfortably the whole time. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah! <laughs> Screaming at plays that like I was like, yeah, go on, yeah, come on, Vince, you know, like just like faking really the enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Change my manage, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, the night ended at um, my, we were at a, um, a, a local, uh, uh, what do we, call, Hungarian folk dancers, the, 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 the ladies, a, a gentleman's club. Uh, to, as uh, a yes, lot, yes. Uh, the ballet, yes. yes. Too, yeah. And um, my penis splint fell off into the urinal um, of the, um, of the gentleman's club. And I had to walk out. That was the end of my bachelor party. I, I put my hands in my pockets and kept my jeans as far yeah. away from my crotch as possible and just slinked out of there. That, yeah, that zipper is the worst enemy at that point. Yeah. <laughs> oh Sweatpants for the next couple of weeks, I see. <laughs> or no pants. Yeah. No pants. Yeah. yeah, yeah we're yeah, going yeah. for an emergency shop to Lulu. What was the recovery yeah. time on something like that? Oh, it was, yeah, it was still at least six, 60 days. Yeah, mentally. Yeah, yeah, still. <laughs> I haven't done a chance. What do you mean, recovery? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a daily thing, man. <laughs> Are addicts ever truly recovered? That's something you deal with every Always day, bro. On it. Yeah, touche. Yeah, touche. yeah, 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 yeah. Little Tony Hawk is still in pain, not sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. um, still skating, though. <laughs> yeah, still skating. Yeah, getting the job done. Uh, but yeah, I'd say 30 of uh, intense pain and 60 before you're, you're, uh, you're doing any sort of uh, bench work with it, for sure. <laughs> I like oh. it. That was a great story. I appreciate you sharing that with us. Hey, that man, that makes my heart happy. I came in right at the right time. This, yeah, is that was this has been the whole conversation, Parksy. It's been gold all day. Yeah, Penis memoirs with Paul Meyerhoff? Yeah, yeah. That's why we really brought you series. We just wanted to talk about your hammer. <laughs> this whole conversation was leading to this. This whole, this whole podcast is shifting yeah. into a men's health podcast. We're, yeah. we're not afraid to... Cry yeah, yeah, and break yeah. down and talk about yeah, yeah. our. Don't be nervous. Healthy. Just ask the questions, boys. Yeah, it's an yeah open yeah. table here. Yeah. Yeah. We it turns out your you. the real name of your podcast is the Four Jack Offs. You know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Done. Yeah. Doesn't oh, help that God. my last name's Jackson too. Then like kind of almost puts a little emphasis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Segway. <laughs> well, I guess you'll be the first to know that we will be changing the name, Paul. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's the job for tomorrow. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A brand refresh. Yeah. All right. On. Right. On. Thanks right. for uncovering that for us. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. Good. Good uh, circumcision pun there. Uncovering. I like it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's was... funny that you got one as an adult too, because it tripped me the fuck out when I was in the Philippines and like there's signs everywhere saying get circumcised. And it's like for adults. Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, they're really pushing this yeah. over here. I mean, this is a big deal. Yeah. Like, and yeah. yeah, I'm probably going to go to the Philippines to get my hood snipped. Like, mm, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> they might take good care of you after. Uh, I mean, maybe you get a haircut at the same time, I think, right? No. Isn't no. Like, can you get a package? That's deal? unsanitary. They're oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm Come on. Kidding. I'm not using the same scissors. <laughs> it's disgusting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. This has been a good one. I like this pod. I love having oh the comedians gosh. on. It's a, it's a pleasure. Always yeah. a pleasure. Um, yeah, Paul, seriously, like, thank you for jumping on with us. Like, what an absolute fucking treat, dude. Like, this is fucking hilarious. We like, we need to get you back on. Like, we should, uh, we should be using you for tour pods. Like, when we, we need to start ripping into guys. 
Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, I'd love to jump back on. You guys, it was it was um, it was an absolute delight, and I'd like to get out and and uh, golf with you guys one day too. When the when I guess it gets a little bit warmer, but I'd uh, I'd love to do that. It'd be awesome. Definitely. Yeah, we'll should, come probably back. should come snowboard too. Probably should go to France. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come play with me at Cap d'Egg. That's my golf course in France. Is uh, Cap d'Egg right on the Med? There, it's uh, it's beautiful. They have a couple of events there, like European events. It's uh, it's stunning. It'll be oh. like when the Bulls went to France. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just massive crowds. Yeah, yeah. The four Jack boys are here. Yeah, <laughs> like wow. something in French, and it's like, yeah, just we're big in France. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> it's the number one, number one podcast in France. Perfect, yeah, yeah. translated. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I would love to play golf, brother. We'll do right it. Right on. It'd be a treat. We'll have you on. We'll maybe try our crazy experiment, Parksy. We're thinking of. Uh, just sending the Zoom link out to everyone that follows us and let them join on and mute them while we pod so they can be That'd here. be fun, yeah. That's a cool idea. I like that. Yeah. Then they can yeah. chirp us in the chat and we can acknowledge yeah. them. There we go. Perfect. We'll just leave uh, We'll leave someone in charge of chirping back and then Paul can just kind of jump in there and do what he needs to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah dismantle yeah. people. Yeah. yeah <laughs> dismantle people. Yeah, I like it. And and it's fun for them because they kind of get the unedited version, you know, they get to hear the live thing with all the screw ups and all the whatever. It's it's fun. It's cool. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Yeah. You're Very fucking cool. funny. Paul, once again, thanks for jumping on with us, man. Like we can't wait to have you back on and uh play some hopefully next time we see we play some golf. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. See, can't wait to med. talk to you guys again. Cheers, boys. Absolutely. Peace, Paul. Thanks, bud. See you, mate. Thanks so hey, much. Man. Thanks everybody. We'll chat with you guys next week. Peace.